I just slipped through an exam, and you're listening to a Radio 1 91 FM podcast. Right now I'm joined by Charlie and Amy from Required Reading. It's time for the book report. Atamarie. Good morning, good how are morning. you? I'm very good, and yourselves? Yeah, good. Yep, very good, thank you. Marvellous. Well, hey, look, thank you for coming in. This is our first time for the book report, and I'm excited about it, mm. very excited about it. And one thing that people are always excited about is awards. Yes. Whether you're mm. going to win them, or whether something that you really love is up for something, or perhaps something that you really love could have been up for something, but, hmm... What happened? Yeah, And that might exactly. have been something that happened at this year's... Um, from the long list to the short list for the Ockham New Zealand Book Awards. Tell us about the Ockham Awards and what's going on. So the Ockhams are like the Oscars of the New Zealand literature world. Um, yeah. They're a big deal and they they released the long list and that was pretty expected. There were kind of all the books that we thought would be there. Yeah. Um, but then the short list came out and there was we definitely thought that there's like three other books that we thought would be on there. The Ockhams are hardly ever wrong so we're not we're not upset. No, we we trust the Ockhams um, completely and wholeheartedly. <laughs> mm. But it was it was a nice surprise, I suppose, Absolutely. to see some of the books. Um, so the shortlist is a good winter, Entanglement, Greta and Valden, and Kuranga Tuku. Um, Greta and Valden we've both read and loved, so Fantastic. that was great. Rooting um, for that one. I've yeah. heard good things about Entanglement, although it sounds like it's like highly physics based, which I'm not. I failed physics in first year. Uh, that so sounds good for really... that sounds good for me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really um, into physics. I was definitely surprised that she's a killer by Kirsten McDougall didn't make the list. That's been really big lately. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. everybody, it's been a big book. It's been a big Zealand book. And... It's everywhere. Everybody's reading it. Um, and that book is kind of it's set in a near distant future dystopian. Yeah. In Wellington. I can imagine it. Um, and it's really irreverent. If you liked Fleabag or anything like that, it's oh. a big. Wow. It's awesome. It's a great book. And there was also no loop tracks or Unsheltered, which I think are the other two that people were really quite shocked yeah. by. Um, who, are you, who are you reading for? In, in the Occam's? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I haven't actually read many of the books, um, so I'm mostly <laughs> just rooting for the books that I have read, which would be Greta and Valden, mm-hmm. obviously, and then... Uh, Rangi Kura, who, yeah. uh, which is Tay Tibble's second poetry collection. She's nominated again in the poetry um, section. And her first uh, poetry collection, Puka Hangatis, uh, won yeah. a couple of years ago. And she's just brilliant, a, a master poet. I don't even really like poetry that much, mm. but uh, she just transcends. She's a, quite simply phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, go check her out. There's also two non-fiction categories, the illustrated and the non-illustrated. Mm-hmm. I haven't read any of the books that are in either, <laughs> but I can vouch for what they've chosen before to win. So Ashley Young's Can You Tolerate This and Chessie Henry's We Can Make a Life are like two of my favourite books ever, so yeah. I really trust them. Yeah, and nice. while, while, the, while the list is slightly surprising, we do want to reiterate we trust the Ockhams through and through. <laughs> they are never wrong. Yeah, I bet yeah, you all yeah. of these books are like sensational. Yeah, it's it's really interesting when um, when your favourites aren't necessarily they're all the most popular ones, right? Mm. Um, you see that all the time in other awards. Yeah. Um, is that is that quite unusual for book awards? That you know something that has been read so widely might not make the list. I think it's probably not unusual at all. I think that normally these awards are really like heavy literature. Yeah. And so the books that people are normally buying are more kind of 
light romance kind of yeah Mills and Burn. But, but, yeah but, not yeah. well yes at the moment <laughs> people are loving Mills and Burn, but um but I think in New Zealand that those two categories can kind of cross over quite a lot more than in the international market like yeah. I think that the usually the famous and big New Zealand literature is usually the best well, I in, think a, in a way you know they 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 um I don't know, we've got more, good taste. More <laughs> so I think that the literature that New Zealand churns out is just fantastic. Uh, and yeah. so and there's like few enough that everybody kind of if you're interested in New Zealand literature, you can read them all. Yeah. I mean I looked at the list of previous main winners and um me I mean I used to be quite a, a bit of a reader earlier, um, but not so much uh, these days. Uh, but I recognise quite a few of the books on the mm. list. So that just goes to show that they, you know, were very popular. If I know, if I know the books, then they must have been yeah, very yeah. popular books. Um, all right, so I look forward to seeing uh, what comes of that. Maybe it's another. It'll be a controversial win too. Uh, I love controversy. Um, <laughs> there's a couple of other big awards coming up too. There's long lists have come out. A couple of long lists. Tell us about those. Yes, there have been a couple of long lists. So uh, one of them is the Women's Prize for Fiction. Uh, this is a really fantastic uh, prize. The Women's Prize generally picks from a wide variety of both authors and genres. So usually mm-hmm. it's just a, a really great cross-section of fantastic fiction. And last year, uh, Susanna Clarke's uh, Pitanesi won, and I love that book. I read it kind of recently, and it's just sensational, really short, really imaginative and amazing. But I do want to notably say that two uh, New Zealand authors made the long list this year. So we've got Meg Mason uh, for Sorrow and Bliss, and Catherine Chigi wrote uh, Remote Sympathy. And that book is making quite a lot of hype, um, quite a lot of lists overseas. There's quite a lot of hype for um, that remote sympathy, and it's interesting because it didn't make massive waves here. So um, that's kind of an interesting new development. (laughs) Is that a a thing that happens sometimes, though? Like something might not translate in one market, but will into another? Absolutely. There's another New Zealand writer called Nalini Singh, and she writes kind of... um, High, not high fantasy, kind of contemporary fantasy set, but it's also sci-fi, and it do, it hasn't gone off in New Zealand at yeah. all. But it's huge in the US. Like she's enormous, and she's been on the mm. New York Times bestseller list. She was at um, the Dunedin Reader Writer Festival last year. She's a very cool woman, but probably Shrubbing. did. Maybe. Um, but yeah, so I think that sometimes things don't. Land. I think New Zealand has kind of quite a specific like taste. Yeah. We do in music and like think definitely in books and movies and I think sometimes they don't land but that doesn't mean they're not really good yeah I also think that um generally New Zealand audiences if they're wanting to read a New Zealand book they want it to be set in New Zealand Mm. and Remote Sympathy is set in Berlin um in like the 1840s uh sorry 1940s (laughs) just a a hundred years difference (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, and and during a war uh, yeah (laughs) yeah yeah whatever (laughs) but um yeah, so I also think that could definitely be a factor in yeah. why it probably didn't make the same waves that it has overseas. But uh, So yeah, that's the Women's Prize for Fiction. But the other um, major, major long list that came out is the International Booker Prize long list. 
Uh, I actually have a problem with that name in general because it's not the International Booker Prize. It's really the translated into English yeah. Booker Prize because mm. both of them are international. One of them is just books that have been uh, written into English, written in English, and the other one is just ones that have been translated. So I just think that's a silly name as is. Um, but they usually have a really fantastic selection. I've loved some of their previous winners, uh, such as The Vegetarian by Han Kang. It's, like, just sensational. But uh, the current list, um, we've got Books of Jacob, which has been, you know, hyped, so that could be um, a big front-runner. But Olga Tokashuk has um, already won in the past, so... Who knows? Who knows what, what's going to happen there? We're also just loving translated books lately. Oh, God, both, yeah. We've both been reading a lot of them, which is... Because I used to think... This is a terrible thing to admit as an English major. I used to think they just kind of plugged books into, like, Google Translate and it just, mm. like, churned mm. out a translated copy. That's my, not it at all. This is my question. This is what I was going to put to you. Mm. I looked at that list and I see it's got translated by and it's got the yep. person that translated mm. it too. So, And I guess um, a lot of languages, there are words uh, that have multiple meanings or there's a, a word that doesn't necessarily have a, a meaning in English. Yeah. So you have to go around a way of translating things to make the author's vision Absolutely. true to true yeah. to a different audience. And it's also that you have to kind of translate all of the so, like social cultural cues. Mm, like mm. Harry Potter's a really good example because all of the spells, you can kind of figure out what they are because it's Latin. But if you're not in a Latin-based language, they mean nothing. That's very true. So you kind of... You ha- your translator has to understand what you are getting as an author. You know, they have to know what you are trying to aim for. But then they have to... Re- it's, a re- it's an interpretation, really. Yeah, because they really are trying to get the essence of not just the characters and the plot, but actually the, the author's writing style, which is complicated if the sentence structure is completely different from one mm. language to the next. So... It, which is something that I really like about the International Booker Prize is they split the prize money between the translator and yeah. oh, the original awesome. author. Yeah. yeah, because that makes complete sense in this particular prize because the translator... I mean, that's that's whose work you are reading in your hands, really, yeah. is the translator's work. Are translators sought after then? They yeah. are sought after by the people that need translating, but they're often just not given the Jews that they're, they're they're not on the cover of a translated book they're yeah. not they're in the yeah. inside but is there like is there rock stars in the translation world I think there is there's, <laughs> there's a translator called Ken Liu and he does a lot of um, Chinese to American English yeah. translations and he's sought after by the Chinese because yeah. he has to do a lot of a lot of Chinese books that he does have been written in a way that criticises the government, but it, but it's doing it implicitly so that they yeah. don't get in trouble. Of course, of course. But Ken Liu can take it into an English language and translate it to the extent that the reader, that the writer, I mean, um, wanted it to, you know, yeah, have yeah, a yeah. statement. Yeah, that's amazing. That's He's amazing. awesome. He's really good. Um, all right, what are you two reading at the moment? Uh, I actually just finished last night Victory Park by uh, Rachel Kerr. Uh, this is a New Zealand fiction book. It was published a couple of years ago by Makaro Press, and it follows uh, this woman called Kara who's growing up, um, so not growing up, she's living with her son in uh, sort of a rundown building, um, and this mysterious woman, Bridget, comes along and enters her life and shakes everything up. And it was just a beautiful book about a mother who momentarily forgets uh, sort of who she's there to protect. And it's really about her bond with her son and her mother and her other daughter and 
just how far that um, love goes, really. It's, it, was a, it was a beautiful book. Beautiful book. Highly recommend. I'm reading Anna Karenina by Leo <laughs> Tolstoy. <laughs> Because I'm a glutton for punishment, and it's 1,300 pages. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mostly read it because I watched this Australian adaptation of it with Sarah Snook, who's in Succession. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this, the adaptation's called A Beautiful Lie, and you wouldn't know that it was Anna Karenina if you d- weren't told. It's a, it's yeah. such a great... Like, I'd, I'd, I'd give that to anybody that needs something good to watch. So I was enchanted by that TV show, and so I'm reading the book, and it's fantastic. It's really uh, Tolstoy gets flack, but he's actually he's got the moves. Does Tolstoy get flack? Yeah, like one of the biggest authors. I think, he, I think he gets, <laughs> he's the underdog. <laughs> he gets flack in that his books are really, really, really long. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but I actually am finding him weirdly concise. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Amazing. Incredible. Um, book report uh, will be every every Thursday at the same time. That was a Radio One ninety one FM podcast. But find more at r1.co.nz.